CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us as we get together every weekday at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective, and also what we hear in church. Is it even in the Bible at all? So much of it anymore isn't. We want to just let you know we're here for you each and every day. Perhaps you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, or someone's asked you a question. Well, that's why we're here to help. So if you need to uh, give us a call, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. We've got some lines open, so you can call right now. Joining me today, special guest, as we have him on Morning Times, a chosen generation, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there on Trevor Man and Answer. It's great to be with you. Always looking forward to a Thursday and just being on air with you and the whole uh, team of uh, staff and the great job they do in getting these everyone connected in the Word of God. And, and we is, is our prayer always that everyone be growing in the faith, falling deeper in love with Jesus, spreading the gospel, being soul winners, being disciples in your churches, and letting God uh, just use your life for his glory, honor, and praise. So once again, Mike, it's great to be with you. Looking forward to the program, the great call-ins that take place each and every day. Yeah, and so if you've heard uh, Daryl on in the morning times and you want to ask him a question, well, he's with us today, so you can ask him in person. So that's yeah, always a good go. thing. 8888, ask CSN's the number to call. We'll go ahead and go right to the phones. We have some lines open again, 8888-ASK. CSM. Let's go to Sarah in Reno, Carson City, Nevada. Hi and welcome. Hello, pastors. Thank you for taking my call. How may we help? Um, I was wondering, since John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin, and Elizabeth was John, the, uh, well, John the Baptist's mother, I was wondering if Jesus ever like said to Elizabeth, um, like called her auntie or something like that? You know, that's a great question, but you know what, dear? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. And you know, I've always found that when the Bible is silent on a topic, it's always wise to be silent. You know, we can begin to make things up or or think maybe this is what happened, but we could be really far off too. So I, I have always found that when the Bible is silent on something, it's wise to be silent. But just as you said, Sarah, you're right that um, Elizabeth was uh, Jesus's aunt. And we also know that John was his cousin. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always fun to look at the family dynamic of our Lord and uh, uh, Sarah and just see what uh, how God is uh Deal with everything. We don't have Jesus calling anyone grandma or grandpa, <laughs> but, uh, uh, or Grammy, whatever your case might be, or Nana. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting to, to look to the scriptures and we can only say what's given to us in the scriptures that Mike just shared. And, uh, we do have a, a reference to, uh, Peter and his mother-in-law. That's one particular reference we have. And Jesus healed his mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law. 
but we don't have any references of grandpas or uh, uh, grandmas that Jesus referred to, so to speak, as that, or auntie or uncle or, hey, cuz, how you doing? But uh, it's a good insight on your part, and I'm glad you're studying the Bible and learning and growing in your faith, and I want to just encourage you to keep it up and keep going for God. All right, Sarah? Sarah, how old are you? Ten. Wow. Such wonderful questions for someone so young. You keep reading your Bible and you keep studying. And if you don't have the movie Jesus, I want to send that to you as well as the other movies that we have. And uh, Sarah, do you have any other questions? Um, No, Pastor. Thank you. All right. Well, you call us whenever you need us. We're here for you. And stay on the line and we'll send you out the movie Jesus. Okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sarah, for your call. Let's go to Elizabeth, Lancaster, California. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. My question is, I'm not too sure um, if it's a sin or not uh, to, for cre- when you cremate someone when they pass away. Um, well, let me just tell you this. The Jewish people and those of, of faith really never cremated anyone. The only one we find in the Bible that was cremated was Saul, the first king of Israel, after the enemy had captured his his dead body, they beheaded him and then strapped him to a wall to make fun of. And then some Israelites went and got him and cut him down, but he was so badly decomposed, they just burned the body. Now, the reason why is because as we go to Genesis, where it says that we are created in the image of God, even though dead, out of respect, they would not burn the body, but they would bury it and let just the natural things, uh, you know, time and, and decay come upon naturally. Now, being cremated or being buried has no no bearing on your eternal soul. We go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, not because we're buried or cremated. So I think it's very important to understand. However, um, we do know that, that in the Bible, cremation was a foreign concept. It was really borrowed from the Hindus. Uh, and so we find that some people do it out of the sake of saving money or convenience. Uh, but we don't really find it in the Bible. Now, I had a friend that ran a cemetery uh, in Twin Falls, and he told me, he said, it was really interesting to him that people who were cremated, and they had a little urn or whatever, and he said, versus people that were buried, their their kinfolk dealt with death better where there was actual closure, where he's in the ground or she's in the ground. Uh, there was the birth date, the death date, that little line in between their life was on there. And so it was able for especially the children to get a better grasp of that rather than somebody that was cremated and their ashes sprinkled over a mountaintop or in a valley or in, in the ocean or something. So that was, was his take on it. He just said it seemed that people that were buried, their children, grandchildren and all dealt better with death, uh, in, in that, that position. So I think a lot of times we have to look not so much what is, you know, you know, going to be best for me, cremated or buried, but how will my family, children, grandchildren, uh, respond to that in time? Your thoughts? Yeah, it's a, it's a personal choice everyone has to make. I think 
When we look to the scriptures, it says in Genesis 3.19, God spoke to Adam and said, uh, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And it's important to realize that no matter what, we're all going to return to dust, uh, however way you, you die. If you die in the desert, nobody ever gets to your body, you're, you're going to die that way. You know, if you die in the ocean, eaten by a big fish, and you're going to die in the ocean. Uh, so no matter what, we're going to decay because this body that we have, the Bible says it's corruptible. It's not, it's not immortal. It's mortal. And the Bible says that one glorious day, we're all going to receive an incorruptible body, an immortal body that is made for the heavens and the earth. We'll receive that, that body at the rapture of the church and, and we'll be returning with the Lord at his second coming. And in this glorified body of which we will never sin again, it's not, subject to disease or death or decay, we will find ourselves uh, reigning and ruling with Christ for the thousand-year, his thousand-year reign on earth after the tribulation period. And then after that, we all head off to the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And we'll have this new glorified body that is ours forever and ever and ever. And so we, we look forward to that. But the body that we carry with us now is, is going to pass away and be done away with uh, in one way or the other. other. You can People can try to embalm it, preserve it, and that's fine. It's their personal preference, and and but yet it's still going to decay over time. And but it's it's really up up to you and your what your heart is in regards to it. And as some people, it is like Mike said, a financial issue because sometimes getting people buried can be very expensive. Uh, and cremation is much cheaper. I had a relative also; he owned a. Uh, a cemetery, and we used to talk about the expenses and so forth that are part of the burying process. So, uh, like Mike said, it's not, it has nothing to do with our salvation. Our salvation is secured in Jesus Christ by the blood atonement of the Lord, and uh, we'll forever be with the Lord. So, but we're we're kind of dusty people. That's how it is. <laughs> Amen. You know, we know what's, what's beautiful about it too is even science proves we're made from the elements of the earth, which once again tells us that God's Word is absolutely sure. Mike, I'll give it back Amen. to you. Amen. Hope that helps, Elizabeth. Yes, thank you so much. Stay in line if you like. Send you out a couple of books, a little book called Time to Grow, uh, another little book called 101 Last Days Prophecies, are just really great for evangelism, as well as Evolution versus God DVD. We also have God of Wonders DVD and also the movie Jesus, uh, which is a, a real, real good portrayal of the life of Jesus based on the book of Luke. So stay online. We'll send those out to you, okay? Great. Thank you. Elizabeth, God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. If you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Dan, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi. Really appreciate you guys. Um, I had a question I heard um, earlier today on CSN, a pastor, and I heard him last week as well say the same thing. And he said that he does not believe that the fallen angels are demons. Well, I don't know who they would be then. Um, it's the only thing really that we have. Uh, there was something that we remember Jesus cast the demon out of somebody and they all marveled. And Jesus said, I beheld uh, Satan fall like lightning. And it was all talking about this fallen world. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think everybody has their 
their um, right to their opinion. But I, I believe that these are disembodied spirits that have um, uh, some, the Bible says, in this third of the host of heaven that fell are reserved in chains until the end. Others, I believe, are maybe not as fierce as the ones that were chained, and we find them roaming this earth looking for somebody to, to move into. Uh, your thoughts, Daryl? Well, you know, Paul the Apostle gives us the rankings of angels, and I believe fallen angels are the, the demons that will come into someone's body and possess yes. them, such as legion. And because we have no separate reference of who else could the demons be. Uh, and so uh, some have tried to connect them to Nephilim and stuff like that, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so the fallen angels wanting to come into uh, bodies of human beings, desiring that to uh, come to this earth and partake of whatever havoc they can raise in people's lives and in societies and so forth. And Paul writes, he says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness and the heavenly places. And he tells us, put on the armor of God and so forth. So it's important for us to realize there are different rankings of angels, just like uh, believe that uh, Lucifer in heaven, an archangel, leader of the choirs in heaven, uh, which we commonly call the devil or Satan, uh, we, we see him and who he was in his rankings, and also these rankings that Paul uh, gives us here in Ephesians 6. And and I, there are those that are powerful, that they, they can only, that a demon can only be cast out. They're a powerful fallen angel or demon that goes into people's bodies, and they can only be cast out by fasting and prayer, Jesus says. Uh, so, and yet, so many can possess one individual, uh, uh, what is it, 6,000 in a legion or something like that? I believe it is, if I remember correctly. And and so possessed in one man. My name is Legion. And then the, they're cast out, and they go into the herd of swine, and the swine run off the hill and into the water. So I I don't know where else where you could say uh, where God says he, he created demons without saying he created the angels, which then became these demons that are against us, in the scriptures. Mike, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, we find it's pretty clear, I think, if you look at uh, Luke chapter 10, I'll read it to you because I've heard this before, but really when you, when you really look at what the Bible says, uh, the conclusion that Jesus brings you to is these spirits are, are part of the fall of Lucifer. Very clear. Let me read this to you, because I don't see how you can make it say anything else. I'll just read a couple of verses. This is found in Luke ten seventeen. Then the 70 returned with joy. Now, the 70 were uh, people that Jesus sent out, and he gave them power, uh, all these different things. And they came back, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now remember what they're talking about here. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall from heaven. Behold, I give uh, give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now verse 20. 
Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your name names are written uh, in 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 heaven. It's very clear to me here that Jesus is marking the spirits all part of this great fall when he said, "I beheld Satan fall from heaven." Um, it, it, it's it's really interesting here. It says the demons are subject to your name. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, no, that's a whole separate group of people, whole separate creation that was there. No, he doesn't say that. And it's all lumped in together with the fall of Lucifer. And so I believe that, again, as it says, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rather that your name is written in the book in, in heaven. I, again, I think this is really important when we understand uh, we find no other references to who these demonic spirits are other than than what we find in Scripture. And we don't find a whole separate creature. Oh, no, these are the spirits of the Nephilim that died in the flood. No, that's all made up. That's fantasy land. You, you can never prove that from reading the Bible. But this you can prove. That Jesus, when they were talking about the demons, immediately brings up, at the same time, the fall of Lucifer, and that the spirits are subject to us through Jesus Christ. I hope that helps, Dan. Yes, it does. And I, I've always believed that, and I just r- really respect this pastor. I listen to him every day and uh, just was really surprised. I, I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I've, I've heard it before, but uh, again, uh, nowhere based upon Scripture. However, what I just told you is based upon Scripture, Luke ten seventeen through 20. And I, I believe that uh, if, uh, you know, if you're just looking at what it says at face value, you're, you're finding that the demons, uh, the devil, all part of that great fall. So uh, any last thoughts? Well, I, w- I would say if uh, you heard it from the pastor, you might just email the ministry there or give them a call, whatever you can do, and just find out, could you explain it for me? What what exactly do you mean by making the statement? And that way, you know, sometimes, you know, a pastor can speak in, in, and not realize he said something in error, or he has a different explanation. He kind of give you a little bit more clarity. But uh, from, uh, of course, our perspective, these fallen angels are the ones that become demons and, and people become demon-possessed by these wicked and evil spirits. Mike? So I, I hope that helps. I, I uh, really like um, Alan Jackson's teaching in general. Uh, but on this particular topic, um, the Bible gives us no other indication uh, who the demons are than what the Bible obviously says. And again, Jesus lumps Satan's fall with the demons together there. Uh, and I would have to say that it was the fallen angels as well. Hope that helps, Dan. It does. Thank you very much. Stay in line if you like. Send you out some books, DVDs. And with that, we'll go to Ben, Montana. Hi, welcome. Hi. Say, uh, yes. thank you first for that uh, good answer on uh, cremation versus burial, because we buried my mom and it's bothered me for some time. I mean, we cremated her. So I had yeah. a question about that Adventure Bible uh, my wife was reading it to the kids, 
And neither one of us are, you know, we're both novices on the Bible. But it says that, she said anyways, I didn't read it, that uh, after Cain killed Abel, that he was lonely and looked for some people to be with, and that's who he found, you know. And I don't, I thought he just married his own sisters. No, I, I think it was... I don't know, and I, this the best way I can explain this to everyone is this. I don't know if you've ever been to a family reunion. And there in this group of people, anywhere from 35 to, you know, 200, um, you see people that you didn't even know were your second or third cousin. Now, that's just over a lifespan of maybe 50, 50 years. And you see all these different people here that you didn't even know were your relatives. Um, I actually went to California one time. I was talking with uh, uh, my friend that was in the car, and we were talking about some different things. And um, I mentioned a car wreck where uh, six of my family members were killed, or five of them were killed, except for one. And he goes, wow, those were my relatives too, because that was kind of one of the worst wrecks in a long time. Uh, where a girl uh, blew a stop sign and hit the car. And the the little one who uh, uh, lived was actually, it was a convertible, was thrown out of the car and landed in the cornfield. And they were there and they heard a baby crying over in the, in the cornfield. And he was one that got thrown out of the car and lived. Um, and so we were talking and he goes, well, those are my relatives too. Well, the guy turned out to be my second cousin, didn't even know it. Well, what's strange is that I believe after, and remember, the longevity of man was almost a thousand years. So Adam and Eve, again, we find Cain, Abel, Seth mentioned, but they had daughters. They had many more sons, I believe. And as they continue to reproduce, the gene pool was not polluted where you couldn't marry close people to your kin. Uh, we find that, that they were, um, uh, some distant relative, but probably not his sister. It very much may be that he wandered for 50, 100 years before he got married. We don't know how old he was, but we do know that uh, in that amount of time, and you look at those sometimes boring begats in the Bible, gives us a pretty good insight on how full the world was, even at the time of the flood. They estimate at the time of the flood, there was about as many people living on the earth then as there is now, maybe a little bit more now. There was about, they estimate about 7 billion people on the earth at the time of the flood. Now, again, based upon longevity, based upon a perfect ecosystem still, uh, without the harmful x-rays and all these kinds of things that are all killing us now, there is this kind of, of understanding. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it says in Genesis chapter uh Four verse, uh, let's see, it's verse verse uh, sixteen. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence, and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife; she became pregnant, gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. And then it goes through a list of Enoch's children and so forth, and family that's developed. So you saw, you find that you know he he was he thought it was going to be a wander in the earth, but. Uh, he, he went out and started building a city, and there you have uh, the work of Cain and so forth. 
So uh, he was he was afraid he'd be a wanderer on the earth. It says in verse fourteen, uh, but uh, God says, "No, don't worry. You're, I put a mark on you that no one can kill you, and if they do, they'll have a curse upon them seven times." Then what's on you? So anyway, that's the story of Cain, Mike. So I hope that helps. Okay, yeah. Thank you very much. Stay online if you like, and we'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I think you'll enjoy that. 8888, ask CSN's the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. We've got a couple lines open if you want to call us. Sandy, North Dakota's next. Hi, and welcome. Sandy, uh, I, I don't know all the questions. I just have a little bit of the question. What are the Leviathans in the Bible? Well, we know they're a very, very unusual creature. Your thoughts? Well, basically, it was a sea monster that you read about in Job chapter 3, verse 8, and is defeated by God. Um, and that's the basic information that we have on it. There's a few other references in Psalm and Isaiah regarding this uh, serpent, uh, sea monster. and um, But that's the Leviathan story. That's if, Mike, you want to add to that? Well, yeah, and and a lot of times people they look at that in the Bible and they go, "Oh, what 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 beautiful mythology!" I don't believe it's a mythology. I I think there's a lot of creatures on this earth, even today, that we're finding. They find these giant squids, thirty five mm-hmm. feet long, off the coast of Australia, uh, that that they didn't even know existed. And so there's a lot of lot of things going on in this world that that we don't always know about. And, and um, you know, uh, many people saying, oh, well, all that is prehistoric or whatever. Well, no, uh, you know, a lot of the things that were in the sea didn't die off. And so it's very possible that some of these things still around, very unusual in their description that we find through the Bible. Uh, and so uh, I hope that uh, sheds a little bit of light on it for you. Uh, Sandy, because again, I, I, are you there? Or did we lose you? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay, good. I was worried that you were gone. Um, uh, does that answer for you? Yes, it did. Thank you very much. Yeah, we find it mentioned in Job, like like you said, Job, Psalms, uh, Isaiah, um, and uh, so. But they're 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 interesting creatures. Also, the behemoth is also mentioned in the book of Job and other places. And this was some giant animal that had a tail like the cedar of Lebanon. People say, oh, that's an alligator. Not like a cedar of Lebanon. Those things were huge. So, nope, something all different. Anyway, Sam Langsani will get you some books, some DVDs. Coming up on a break, we'll be right back. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch it's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. 
Here you go. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Does the Bible seem too big, complicated, and overwhelming? There's a free Bible resource that's been around for more than 25 years and is used and trusted by millions worldwide. The Enduring Word Bible Commentary by David Guzik is a clear and simple way for everyday Christians and even seasoned Bible teachers to study God's Word. David's commentary not only breaks down the entire Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse, it also provides helpful quotes from well-known Bible expositors throughout history. The commentary has also been translated into many languages, including Spanish, Arabic, Chinese, and more. Find the Enduring Word Bible Commentary as well as a free downloadable e-book called The King's Kingdom, a deeper look at the Sermon on the Mount by David Guzik at EnduringWord.com forward slash CSN. That's EnduringWord.com forward slash CSN. Welcome you back to part two of Fair Man Answer on this Thursday afternoon with Daryl Skinner. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and we're going to go right back to the phones again. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call, and we're going to go to Heidi in Minnesota. Hi, and welcome. Hi. I just want to say you guys are awesome. And Mr. Skinner, Pastor Skinner, I love your laugh. Oh, I listen to every single morning at 6.30 a.m. Oh, early. My there you go. My issue is that I am being attacked in my finances greatly. Mm. I am trying to do the things that are biblical. Um, we volunteer at a homeless shelter and cook breakfast for the people. And I've been able to pray, and uh, the Holy Spirit has come upon me in this issue. I try to tithe. I don't cheat on anything. And I don't understand why I am so being attacked on this. Daryl, your thoughts? Uh, When you say you're being attacked on your finances, um Heidi, what what exactly do you mean? Or yeah, Heidi, uh, what exactly do you mean you're being attacked? Are you just running out of money? Is it budgeting, or is it? No, I know the economy's gone kind of crazy because of the inflation. I'm a volunteer driver for AEOA, which is a local volunteer driver for medical and mm-hmm. psychiatrical patients. Okay. I end up getting canceled. My truck won't start. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like I can't uh, count on anything at this point. Um, people are coming forward and demanding a $9. And it's just like, I know I'm being attacked on my finances. Right. Uh, well, hey, what, the best thing we can do for you is is pray for you and uh, uh, just ask God to give you the wisdom and the knowledge you understand you need for your finances and 
also that the opportunities would avail themselves, that you would be able to uh, uh, have more revenue coming in. I know it's tough for so many people across America, all of us together as one because of this presidency and the, the poor decisions they've made and and uh, taking our, our, our energy and skyrocketing it because of uh, their anti-petroleum uh, uh, desires and the green movement that they're uh, beholden to. And it's really causing havoc, not only with uh, our gas prices and natural gas prices, but as well as the inflation that's uh, subjugated to uh, to the food and everything else that we have. Because when the trucking gas prices go up, guess what? Your regular prices go up and everything's going to go up. Manufacturing's going to go up. And this is the foolishness of this current administration who knows nothing about economy nor energy. And we need to really get the bums out and get someone in there that will do a great job. But that's another topic, I believe. So, Mike, what would you like to uh, add to this and then pray? Well, let's just pray because, again, okay. we know that whenever you try to do something for God, Heidi, the devil always tries to stop you. The lives you're going to influence by following what God's Word says, uh, we have to be aware. We remember Jesus said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And as they're on their way, we remember a storm came up on the Sea of Galilee and tried to stop them from getting where they were going. There's always a counter move by the devil, I believe, when you're doing what God has called you to do. So let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We pray for Heidi and all those listening, Lord, that need a financial blessing from you. God, you can multiply the loaves and fishes. You can multiply our dollars to do what they need to do. May we be generous, but Lord, at the same time, maybe we be wise with the resources that you've given us. Lord, we pray that you would help Heidi, Lord, that you would lift this burden, and Father, that you'd provide for her, just as your word says, according to your riches and glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Heidi, your prayers are with you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, okay? Thank you so much, you guys. Well, Heidi, you're God welcome. bless you, dear. God bless Thank you so much for the call. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, uh, again, uh, the Lord looked for a miracle. Uh, I always tell people, expect a miracle. That's what God does. Amen. Let's go to Charlotte, Arizona. Hi and welcome. Hello. Yes, I was wondering, is there a battle at the end of the millennial reign of Christ? Yes, there is. And we find it in Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 7. And I'll just read this to you. It says, now, when the thousand years uh, have expired, or the thousand-year reign of Christ is over, Satan is released from his prison, and he goes out, Satan goes out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the battle, whose number is as the sand on the sea. Then they went up on the breadth of the earth, surrounded the camp of the saints, the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So, yes, the, there is this uh, last battle where Satan is allowed to go out and deceive the nations. Somebody would ask the question, well, why? Well, because for the last thousand years, everybody has had to live. All those born during the millennial reign of Christ as well had to live in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Perfect world, perfect government, perfect food, perfect everything, perfect environment. And yet, in all of that, 
I think God allows us for one final proof that even if you put man in a perfect place, perfect government, perfect everything, because of that old sin nature that man has, and that's what they will have during the millennial reign of Christ as well, they still will rebel against God and all of his goodness. Notice it says, as the sand is on the seashore. In other words, basically, it almost sounds like nearly most of the world rebels against Jesus after all the goodness that he's done. Oh, this old sin nature that we all wrestle with. And again, sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning proves what you are. We got this in the garden. We inherited it from Adam, who rebelled against God. And man has been rebelling against God ever since. And even in a perfect world for a thousand years, he will still rebel against God, this great battle. Any last thoughts? Yeah, you know, as we look to uh, the millennial reign of Christ, we know there's going to be the great tribulation period, then the second return of Jesus, battle of Armageddon, then the separating of the sheep and the goats, Matthew 25. All those didn't take mark of the beast, they get to come into the 1,000-year reign of Christ. And it's going to be a magnificent reign. If you've ever done any studies on the on the uh, millennial reign of Christ, it's it's fabulous. Uh, it's going to be like, a, in a sense, a Garden of Eden once again, Animals are not devouring each other, and everyone has tremendous longevity and so forth, and it'll be reigning under the beautiful love of Jesus. And yet, like Mike just shared out of the book of Revelation chapter 20, there's going to be this final uh, battle where Satan is going to be loosed, and then man's hearts will be revealed. All those that were born to all the people that uh, were those that came into the, uh, the millennial reign without taking the mark of the beast, their children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so forth, they have a decision to make. Do I want to love Jesus, follow Jesus, follow God, love God, or to reject him, rebel against him, and fight against him? And it'll be the revealing of man's heart. So that's what's going to happen, that final, final battle. After that, the Bible says all non-believers will be cast to the lake of fire, which we commonly call hell, and then uh, all believers will head off to the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem where righteousness dwells forever and ever and ever. Praise the Lord. Mike? Amen. So I hope that answers it for you. Yes, thank you so much. God bless you. Stay in line if you like, and uh, send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll really enjoy in the movie Jesus. Let's go to Cliff, Florence, South Carolina. Hi, welcome. Hey, good evening, Pastor. Uh, my question for you this evening is on tithing. I'm a new Christian, and... Uh, where I attend, uh, they speak heavily on tithing like every week. Uh, my oh, question sorry. is, sometimes I feel like if I don't have like the exact 10%, I am not welcome. Uh, is it okay if I tithe less than the 10%? As I said, I'm new. Should I feel like I'm unworthy if I'm not tithing 10% or more? Well, it's it's too bad that church's focus moves from Jesus to nickels and noses, and what I mean by tithing and and number of people coming, because this is always a problem. Um, I think that just as any of us, we stay within our spending means. We need to uh, have churches that do the same thing, and oftentimes they'll go out and go into debt, and then they have to um, beleaguer the people to pay for all this stuff. And I think it's a tragedy because when you read in the Gospels, you don't find every chapter talking about tithing, but these guys do. 
No, Jesus mentioned it a couple times. Um, he talked about um, uh, the Pharisees who tithed off their mint and cumin, which they should have done, is what he said. But they leave out the more weighty things, the more important things about love and, and all the things, repentance, all these things in the Bible. So we find this imbalance. Your thoughts? You know, Paul uh, sums it up well in Second Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning with verse 6, he says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So I think it's important that you, uh, we've been given an example from the Old Testament of the 10% tithe. Uh, and the Lord is saying now to us as New Testament believers, it's, it's up to you. Uh, you decide how much you want to give. Uh, I think it's a good example with the 10% tithe, but it's not like if you don't give, God's going to hate you or something like that. God wants us to give accordingly. I always said to myself, I, well, he allows me to keep 90% and he would just <laughs> ask you for 10%. And there's other times you give even more because there might be a special ministry besides your church that you want to support. But I, I'm I'm with Mike on this. I'm disappointed that this, uh, unfortunately, this church you're going to, the pastor, they're hounding you in regards to finances. It shows me they really don't have faith. Uh, they, they are manipulators uh, and they're guilt. They rid you with guilt and it's wrong. And they, you know what? It's, it's just teach the Bible through the Bible. And when the topic of, of tithing comes up or giving comes up, then we talk about it. But we don't talk about it every Sunday. It's a total turnoff to non-believers that might be visiting the church. And you know what? It's just a lack of faith on the pastor's part for not trusting in God and allowing God to do a work and trusting in the word of God to do a work in the heart of the people. So they are obedient in their giving. But my dear friend, you're a young believer. Don't ever feel guilty. You're not guilty. God loves you. He's going to take care of you. He'll show you what to give. Uh, he says, don't give gr- grudgingly, but be a cheerful giver as God guides your heart in the, in the giving that he's called you to give. But, uh, some guys out there, they're just, they're just, they rid you with guilt. They're manipulators and it's, it's wrong. And they'll even say, you, you don't plant your seed faith with us. You're not going to get a harvest of, of, uh, materialism. Well, they're now teaching the doctrine of covetousness, and God's not into covetousness. But he also doesn't want us to have money be the God of our life. Mammon cannot be our God. And thus he says, I want you to give to the work of the ministry. It supports the workings within the church. And that's all good stuff because, yeah, we have various employees. We have pastors. We have all kinds of things going on, electricity and so forth in the church. All has to be paid for. So as everybody participates in their giving— the church should do very, very well, but we don't have to hound people. We don't have to hound people in regards to giving, Mike. No, Amen. I hope that helps, Cliff. Yes, thank you so much. It explains a lot. Yes, and, and it, the problem is when when I would see something like what you're describing, probably I would want to look and see what doctrinally how they're teaching out of the Bible or whatever, because. Usually, if you study the Bible, you're going to find that 
the Bible will bring about the balance that you need or a pastor needs to properly shepherd the flock of God. And if you're out of balance because you're reading, you know, well, give to get, you know, and all of a sudden now tithing just becomes a big greed-driven thing, that's not of God either. So I, I think you just really have to go and, and look and, I don't know, maybe even look at other churches, Cliff. I don't know. But um, I, I think whenever the emphasis moves from Jesus to anything else, church membership, money, uh, um, uh, non-reason religious experience, um, um, you know, I think we need to be very, very much aware uh, of the days that we're in and to make your decisions uh, based upon what God's Word says. Listen, Cliff, we're here for you. If you need to ask us any other questions, we'll do our very best, okay? All right. Thank you. Stay on line. We'll send you out some books, DVDs, a little book called Time to Grow, which is kind of a good um, statement of faith for a church that you might want to go look for to attend. Uh, stay on line. We'll get those out to you, Cliff. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Carol, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor Kessler. I want to thank you for everything you do. I've been listening to this radio program for some time. And I just wanted to ask you a question. I've ordered several times, Time to Grow. I give tracts out. And it's so upsetting, so many young people who don't want them or they I've been told they're going to float in the air after death. And <laughs> I just left Trader Joe's, and this young man was so polite, so mannerly, and he told me when I um, took the track out that he wasn't religious at all. So when he said he would read something I had, he, he would do that. I've, I've even had some of the young people throw it away in my face. But anyway, not your book, the track. So I went and I got that out of the car and brought it back. And I was just wondering, is there anything else that I could order or that might help? I start out by, do you know where you're going when you die? And my second sentence is, we never know when we're leaving, and we don't want, I don't want anyone to perish. Could you give me any suggestions of something else uh, I might say that might change? Well, things? yeah, I think that's great. And and I'll also send you a couple more God of Wonders, too, the, the DVD that he can watch. And And when I give it to somebody, I don't say, here, watch it and see how goofed up you are. I don't do that. I go, here, you might watch this. And I'd really like your opinion on it. If it isn't right, tell me what's wrong with it. That's what I'd really like to know for me. Would you tell me what's wrong with this? That way they're going to watch it objectively. Uh, and and um, so I think that that really does have a, a, a good way of doing that. And the same way to be said concerning uh, Time to Grow or any other a thing that we would give somebody, just watch it. Tell me what you think. I really value your opinion. I would like to know uh, what you think. And then that way they're going to look at it. I think it's where it's confrontive. And, and, and yes, sometimes the gospel is very confrontive to people. But I think when we're just talking to somebody, I think a lot of times if we just say, here, look at this and tell me what you think. Uh, you just got to trust the Holy Spirit's working on that person as well, as I believe he works on everyone, uh, to repent. And when when they see that, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think uh, one scripture comes to mind, come, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make you as white as snow. And I think when we look to the also the New Testament with Paul the Apostle, 
he would preach like at Mars Hill, and he said, some people said, hey, I want to hear more on this. Others mocked and said, I don't want to hear nothing in regards to this. And some said, let us let us just, uh, let me let me think about it for a while, you know, so to speak. And they had no opinion at all. But dear sister, uh, Carol, you're doing a fabulous job in just handing out tracts and wanting to win souls and, of course, then to make disciples. And I just want to encourage you, just keep doing what you're doing. We know that not everybody's going to be receptive, especially in these last days. So many people are being so rude and, and mean-spirited and so forth. And as Peter says, there'll be mockers in the last days and scoffers. But just keep handing out those tracks. I know we have, we have a wall of tracks here in our church, and I just tell the people, grab the tracks and just hand them out. They're free. You know, we just buy them, and we there's about, I don't know, 40 different types of tracks and we have them in a wall and they're just sitting there. We just keep buying them and providing them for our people because, uh, you know, tracks, uh, they fall on the ground. Someone picks it up and they read it. They could be at a bus stop. You know, I remember having a track slipped in my locker at work and, uh, and I was, I was a heathen. They all knew that at work. And, but one of them was a Christian slipped. I didn't know who it was, but I read it. I read it. It was a Jack Chick track. I read it. It convicted me. And it was it was a matter of months or so that I ended up giving my heart to Christ, and God's timing was perfect with all the different Christians coming into my life and tracks that were coming my way. And of course, my dear mother always praying for me. God bless her. Uh, so it's um, it's a powerful work that you're doing. Just keep doing it and keep sharing. And uh, as Mike said, the 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 DVDs are great to share with people, uh, God of Wonders and so forth, and others. And of course, his book, It's Time to Grow. Excellent little book on on a new born again Christian life, and and the tracks will hopefully lead them to salvation and maybe create a conversation, and that's the best way to go. God bless you, Carol. Mike, I'll give it back. Hope to you. that helps, Carol. Thank you, Mike. I just like to say one last thing. I can't um, imagine being able to live in Idaho. My we sold our house, and my son almost took a job in Boise. They go there four times a year, and we were so excited about coming to your church. But when he went for the job, uh, the real estate had gone up 161%. That was two years ago. So we're still trying to move to Idaho. He is. Um, that would move with him. But anyway. Yeah, the, the, the market's correcting um, nationally. And some of the places that were really overpriced, a lot of that has come down quite a ways. And so you just have to be a good shopper. You know, Carol, but no, love to see you and and uh, welcome you here. And I think you'll enjoy it. Well, you're both amazing. Um, thank you so much for blessing us with this program. And I'll um, continue to get time to grow. I can't imagine going to a church that has free tracks. I've never encountered that. But yeah, anyway. that's great. That's a great, great thing, Daryl, that you do. We just want to get the word out. Just, you know, as God provides, we can provide these tracks and encourage our people to be soul winners and hand them out. And uh, uh, that's what we're, that's what the church is all about, soul winning and discipling, right? So yep, yep. Let's, let's get it out there. Yeah, I, we, we have in our church a stack of uh, Time to Grows and the movie Jesus and stuff mm-hmm. as well for free. So, but Carol, stay in line. Tell them that, that you'd like to get maybe, uh, maybe, uh, a few extra God of Wonders, few extra, um, uh, time to grows, uh, for evangelism and they'll be glad to fix you up. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you both and have just the most incredible 2023. 
You too, dear. And we'll keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Lori, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Hi, welcome. Hey, hi. Um, So I have a neighbor who I um, recently shared the God of Wonders DVD with because she was talking to me, didn't know she was an atheist or an agnostic. She watched it, brought it back to me today. And the thing that's still hanging her up is why are there so many bad, evil things happening in the world, like little kids and stuff like that? And she wants to have a conversation about it. So I wanted to be prepared with things to tell her. Yeah, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there's all this wickedness that goes on in the world, like before the flood and when God finally judges it. Well, now God's a murderer. He's a murderer. Isn't it weird? You know, the Canaanites and their paganism and all the wicked stuff they were doing, God sends the children of Israel in to wipe them out. Now God's a God of murder. This is what's so insane. God's mercy is extended to everyone. But remember, the Bible says Satan is the prince of the power of the air, the god of this world. Your thoughts? You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, the three great temptations, it says, Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And the Bible says the devil left him. Now, it's interesting that Jesus didn't have an argument with him that the world wasn't his. He didn't say, oh, no, it's not. No, he just says the only one you worship is God. Because he knows that mankind has given their hearts over to the character of Satan. We were made in the image of God through sin. We have fallen. And now we follow the image of Satan. The Bible says in First John, we're either the child of God or a child of the devil. And and. People are always shaking their fist at God and say, why is this happening? Why is... They need to stop sh- shaking their fist at God and, and start shaking their fist at the devil because he's the one that uh, is the author of death and disease and, and sin and crime and rape and child molestation. It's his character. He's a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer from the beginning. And G- God loves us so much, he gave his only begotten son, the die bloody death on the cross. God comes and heals everybody. Jesus does. And what do we do with him? We crucify him. Because the world hates God. And that's what she needs to understand. It, this God is a God of love. He's a God of light, meaning righteousness. And he's a God of life, a life abundantly and life eternally. So those are just some of the, some of the things you can share with her. But it's, we're almost out of time, I can see, so I might hand it back to Mike. Yeah, and I hope that that would give you a little bit of, of insight there. But again, remember, uh, this world was given over into Satan's hand in the garden. And man has been reeling under the consequences of it ever since. The good news is we can be forgiven, change our destiny from hell to heaven, and Mm -hmm. uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Focus on that. Always remember to do that. Lori, stay in line. We'll fix you up with some more things. And for Nancy, Steve, Charlotte, please call us. We'll put your first thing on tomorrow. Until then, may the Lord keep you. Thanks, Daryl, for being on. Thank you. to hearing you in the morning. Have a great evening. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. 
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 